The Allen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Founder and Senior Wealth Advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great big beautiful town bank building. We're also located in the Equitable Bank building in the village of Whitefish Bay, directly across from Winkies and Kitty Corner from Sendex. So everybody there knows where we are. We're now able to service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. Please feel free to go to our website, ellenbecker.com. You can see pictures of all of us. We all we also just recently put on a video of our office space, which is delightful. We'd like to have you stop in either um, through through going to the webpage or personally just stop in to say hi. My guest today is Jackie Brainy, and she is the marketing director for the U.S. Savings Bond Experts. And um, I don't know about many of you, but as a little kid, I would go visit my grandfather, my grandma, um, every single summer, and we'd go at East, e- e- generally around Easter or Thanksgiving, and as we got out of the house and we walked down to our car, my grandpa would walk up to us with as proud as could be, and he would give us a $25 war bond. And um, it's really kind of funny because I actually still have some of those war bonds, and they're not earning interest anymore, but I've got such a connection to my grandpa that I haven't cashed them in. But it's interesting to know that 50 million Americans own over 636 million bonds, 175 billion invested, over 23 billion of the 175 are no longer earning any interest. They're sitting in drawers, just like mine. Matured bonds could be subject to IRS penalties and interest, and lack of proper management and tax reporting creates costly mistakes. So I know Jackie is going to um, tell me that I need to do something with those bonds, but if you're (laughs) like me, I mean, I still remember my grandpa walking out there, and he'd hand each one of us four kids our $25 savings bond, which, of course, at that time we called war bonds. So welcome to the show, Jackie, and I know that there's a lot of great information. This is the, what is it, the savings bonds month. You said it's a perfect opportunity for us to be talking about this. So I'm going to let you run with the show. Oh, great. Well, Karen, thank you so much for having me. And I love hearing the, the, the nostalgic stories of savings bonds because they do, you know, represent Americana. And now with them only being electronic, you know, those 600 and so million bonds that are out there, a lot of them are for sentimental value. It's, it's, it's interesting that you say that. But, you know, December is Savings Bond Awareness Month. And um, the reason why we say that is it's a crucial time for someone like you, Karen, and anybody else that are sitting on these paper bonds to pull them out of your drawers and your safety deposit boxes. And it's a time to review the, the bonds because the IRS says, Karen, even if you haven't um, cashed in the bond and that bond has reached its final maturity, which e-bonds up through 1965 had earned interest for 40 years, um, um, November 1965. And then if you own bonds issued after December 1965, which are some e-bonds and um, all e-bonds, they'll earn interest for 30 years. The reason why is 
when a bond reaches final maturity, regardless if it's cashed in, the interest should be reported on your uh, on your federal income tax return. So you're probably, you know, I don't think the IRS is going to be running after everybody, but if you're in an audit situation and you have been redeeming bonds in the past and all of a sudden you start coming up with these matured bonds, sometimes it raises a red flag. And we say that only in an audit situation. So do keep that in mind. So one of the things that we suggest people do is um, um, the, the second reason why we, we, we think it's um, December Savings Bond Awareness Month is we ask people to do a what-if scenario. In other words, if you cash in some bonds this year, Karen, you can avoid a large amount of, you know, you can, you can start doing some planning with your savings bonds. And some people say, oh, well, that's complicated or it's that. It's really not when you get a, a report. Like we always say, it's free. Go to savingsbonds.com. Use the bond calculator, and that's savings with an S and bonds with an S. Use a calculator and figure out what you own. Then when you realize how much those savings bonds are worth, and bonds are going to be worth, paper bonds are going to be worth a lot more than that face value. So, you know, Karen, if you're sitting on that $25 bond, that bond could be worth five times more than that than than the $25 because your grandfather probably paid um, either half or 75% of that bond. It's but probably it, 60 it years reaches, old. They're probably 60 they're probably 65 years old or so. 60 some yeah, years I, old. I'm guessing that my grandfather gave it started giving those to us when we were, you know, 5 years old or something. Well, when we go to a commercial break, I might just do a scenario. I'm going to run <laughs> in my computer system, and I'm going to I'm going to put in an e bond and which which in in the month of your birthday, July ninth we'll of ninth, July ninth, July of nineteen sixty five. Did you say yeah. you got that bond? I would guess. Okay. Well, we'll do that later. But um, so all of that interest when you go to cash that bond in is going to be reported on a, on a um, 1099 INT. So if you, if in regardless and regardless of how many years beyond its maturity, I mean, once it stops earning interest, though, that bond is still going to be worth what it reached at final maturity. And a lot of people don't understand that they don't lose value. They don't change. Once they reach final maturity, whatever that amount is, it stays that amount. So we tell people, do a what-if scenario. Karen says, I, you know what, this year I have a lot of interest income coming in, and maybe this is not the year to cash in that bond. That might, I might have hundreds of dollars worth of interest on that savings bond. So we always say, let's just do a what-if scenario if I cashed in some of these bonds. And then the, the, the last reason why is that there's a little-known fact that you can actually report the interest annually on your savings bonds. And you can start that at any time. But once you make that a selection to do interest reporting annually, annual reporting interest, you have to do it for each year thereafter, um, unless you get like an approval to stop doing it through the government. I don't want to go into the nitty gritty of that, but you can actually stop doing it. But once you select annual interest reporting, every year thereafter, you can report just the interest that's earned that year. And people didn't do that years and years and years ago because they didn't have the bond calculators that are out there now that do it for them. And does that, so it was does never that really help? an option. It was too much money to pay for an accountant to do this for you. But you could say 
this year, I'm going to take all my savings bonds, report the interest annually, and therefore, when I'm ready to retire or I'm on a fixed income, I only have to report the interest earned in that particular year. So that's a nice little secret that a lot of people are not aware no, of. No, I've not heard of that. Wait. That's great. Yeah. it's and, and again, when you go to savingsbonds.com, I, you know, you go to our calculator, it says, here's what your bond, here's what you paid for the bond. You put in that $25 bond. It'll say, here's what the bond is worth. Here's how much interest that bond has earned. So now you can do that in December. Um, and then next December, you can do it again. And then you could say, here's how much interest it earned in the year 2000. You can just subtract it and you say, okay, I'm going to report the interest in 19. A lot of people also in my age group, I'm 56 years old, and when we have children, you can actually, you could report the, um, you can report the interest income under a child's name because, you know, they have annual exemptions. So if you're going to be using, if it's in your child's name also, if they have bonds, I, I suggest people do that every year because if they, you know, they have that exemption and chances are the interest is not going to exceed the exemption. And then when they go to cash in the bond, they show all the years that they, you know, you can put a little list together each year and put it in with your taxes. And then you have when you possibly could owe no federal income tax on that savings bond. So, you just, know, Jackie, just, the, me, the funny thing is, is I have so many clients who did a miss payroll deductions and they have oh, hundreds wow. of these bonds. I mean, piles of bonds and they've brought them in and we've used the savings bond calculator, which is absolutely fantastic. But so often people will say to me, well, I bought them for a rainy day. I didn't know what I'd ever do with them, but it was so mm-hmm. easy. I just did it as a salary deduction and I got these bonds and now they look at the tax ramifications and, and they don't want to sell them because because they don't want to pay the tax. Exactly. That's they don't want to cash them in. in December, do this. Yes. And, you know, 40% of, uh, at one point, 40% of the bonds were bought through payroll deduction. I'm, um, in New Jersey, there's Johnson & Johnson's corporate headquarters. They have, like, a mandatory uh, re- requirement that you, you participated in the, what's called the payroll savings plan. And say you took out, you know, $50 a pay or $100 a pay. So people have stacks and stacks of bonds yes. that come in and put hundreds of bonds into the calculator and they're going the same reason why they're sitting on these matured bonds. So I say to people, do the what if scenario. What if I cashed in t- 10 of them this year or five of them this year? And then I have an idea of how much interest each bond earns. So educating yourself on how much interest you have first, like you're saying, Ellen, is key. So get the values and say, okay, this is what I'm sitting on. This is how much interest these bonds that have stopped earning interest altogether. And by the way, it's highlighted in red. It's color-coded. So you'll see all those bonds listed that have reached final maturity. And then you could say, all right, I'm going to cash out these first and then these next year and the year after. And you can kind of do a little bit of bond management that way. Well, And, and I that's, think why, it's, it's, that's why it's a good idea to, to look at the bonds in December. It's important for people to recognize when different income comes due. So for a lot of people, their Social Security starts at age 66 or they wait till they're mm-hmm. 70, but also required minimum distributions start at age 70. So maybe cashing in these bonds before those income resources start up or pensions start up could make a big difference in the amount of of tax they pay. And I also find out, um, I also find, Jackie, that a lot of people don't really understand the estate planning issues of um, 
of savings bonds. So why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, why don't we look at some of those issues as well as you've got a whole list of things to cover. So with that, we'll be right back. Jackie, I'm so happy that you've joined us on the air because, as I said, I grew up with war bonds, and so many of our clients do have savings bonds, and they're complicated, and they're difficult for people to understand. And one of the things that I always talk about with clients is that in terms of their savings bonds and in terms of estate planning, Savings bonds do not get a step up in basis at death, and whoever inherits these bonds is going to pay tax. Somebody is going to pay tax. There's no way to get around paying tax on these bonds. And Jackie, I guess you might know this. I think that people can give them to charities, and they can avoid taxes on them by gifting them, and you'll have to clarify that. But let's talk about how people, this segment, let's talk about how people can view their estate planning issues around savings bonds, if they want to give them to their kids, if they if they want people to inherit them at their death, if they want to gift them. What are some of the um, issues around that? Okay. Well, first and foremost, how a bond is titled or registered, it's important to pull out those paper bonds and look at that. So if it has like John and or Mary Smith, that's considered co-ownership. There's only the maximum allowed on a paper bond was two names. So let's just use John and Mary as a husband and wife scenario. So if it was John and Mary, then either one, what's called co-ownership, have the right to that bond and do not have to consult the other individual on what they want to do with the bond. So if Mary wants to go and cash in that bond, when Mary cashes in that bond, they're going to ask for Mary's social. Mary's going to get the tax. She's going to get the 1099 for all the interest earnings. Okay. If it's, if it's John and Mary as a beneficiary, only Mary can only cash in that bond at the time of uh, John's death. So, that's going to be very key on what people can do with their bonds. So that's, again, why it's important to pull out your savings bonds, dust them off, and let's take a look at them. The, most people say, I'm going to pass this on to my kids. The problem is, is that whoever is, you're going to get into an estate situation where if those children are not named on the bond, it's going to go into an estate of the person who died last in the case of a John and Mary scenario where John and Mary are co-owners and they want um, they want Susie to get that savings bond, their daughter. So, and then if you do have bonds that are with, with are outside one year of their final maturity, again, look at savingsbonds.com, go to the calculator, it'll tell you when that bond is going to reach its final maturity, how many months and years are left on that bond. Also, we have a bond management program, Karen, that it does it for you. It emails you and alerts you every month on what the bonds are worth and alerts you three months in advance when your bonds are going to stop earning interest. And we can talk about that in a little bit, too. So it just totally eliminates confusion and guesswork. But if you're saying, I want to pass my bonds on to Susie, and I'm just going to hand them to Susie, it goes, they, Susie can't just go cash in that bond while they are alive. So just so you know that, you just can't hand it over to somebody. They're not transferable like that. It's how they're registered. If you do want to change the name and you're outside within 12 months of that final maturity of when that bond 
it, you know, usually 30 years from the issue date, you want to go in, you can only get now an electronic version. You're not going to get that paper version anymore. So it gets a little cumbersome. You have to set up a Treasury Direct account. Then you have to have that, per, then you would have to have Susie uh, listed. But as soon as you change ownership of a bond, except for co-ownership and moving people out of co-ownership and then adding someone else, again, it's going to become an electronic bond. You have to give them bank account information, and it creates a whole other issue. So you got to think twice before converting your bonds or changing the ownership of your bonds. That's, that's what I try to tell people to, to be careful of. If you want to leave them in the estate, they're going to be – it just depends on your situation. They're, they're subject to possible probate and, and estate taxes and things like that as well. What about gifting to a charity? You can gift a bond to a charity, um, but it's again, it's um, there's different rules in different states, and it gets a little complicated on that side. But um, I I recommend though that the titling. Hold on, let me just check something here for me for a second, Karen. I don't, we don't really get involved in the taxation side of things with mm-hmm. charities and things like that, but you can you can donate your bonds to charity. Because I know you could do highly appreciated assets, so I'm guessing you'd have to um, gift them gift them direct. You have to gift them directly to the charity, and that they would cash them in, so that you don't have the tax taxation on it. But it's another thought with everybody looking so closely at taxes, but also being charitably minded. That might be. That might be something to look into and talk with your tax advisor. Yeah, you have to really, you really want to discuss, you know, all of these, all of these things before you cash in a bond. I often say to people, if you have someone like yourself, Karen, you always want to consult a financial and tax professional. One of the biggest things that we, biggest problems that we see is, and my, and I'm married to a wealth manager, is, um, in working for, uh, you know, a large firm, a lot of the, the, the brokers or financial planners and tax advisors say, just go cash them in. And they don't realize that that is probably one of the worst things you can tell <laughs> someone to just arbitrarily go in and cash the bonds because the, they don't know what they're worth before they tell them to cash them in. And then you could get that big tax problem, um, you know, get that big interest income hit uh, in a, any given year, and we never suggest you do that. We yes. suggest that you get the values first, walk in with the report. Many of financial planners actually use our services so that they, they do this for their clients, such as yourself, where you could walk in and, and put them in, put the bonds in, and then say, okay, here's what we're dealing with. And we're earning, by the way, this bond could be earning 4 5 6%. Let's not cash these bonds in if they're still earning interest because they're, they're good interest-bearing bonds right now. Exactly. So you really, you just don't arbitrarily go in and cash the bonds. That's actually one of the three biggest savings bond mistakes that we discussed because bonds are not created equal. They're, they're, they, much like other investments, uh, the government, the treasury made them appealing. They tried to make them appealing and marketable. So they would offer different um, rates, rules, regulations, depending on the timing of when you bought them. They've been mm-hmm. around since 1935. Yeah. So some bonds, they, like for example, the I bond. If you're sitting on any series I bond bought in 2000, like May of 2000, the fixed rate on that I bond is 3.6 percent plus a variable rate. There's some bonds earning over six percent right now. Mm. So to arbitrarily go and cash in a bond that 
you know, a new bond that could be earning 0.10% on an EE bond, for example, right now, and then a bond that's earning 6%, well, that would be silly to do that. You know, and that's where arbitrarily cashing in bonds is a very big mistake that people make with savings bonds. Jackie, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's actually, you brought up a great point. What are um, some of the biggest mistakes bond owners make? And if there's somebody that's out there and they would like to learn more about their bonds, of course, you can give us a call and we'd be happy to put these bonds in and help you to understand them better. But you can go to savingsbonds.com and you can actually do that yourself, which is a really great idea because right now what we're doing is we're doing so much tax planning with our clients, looking at gifting, looking at savings bonds, looking at tax um, some of your investments that worked really well that you may want to cash in um, to take the capital gains and offset losses. So this is a perfect time to really be researching and looking at your investments. And we do consider savings bonds an investment. So we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. expert in this area. And Jackie, I'm so happy that you've joined us on the air because, as I said, I grew up with war bonds, and so many of our clients do have savings bonds, and they're complicated, and they're difficult for people to understand. And one of the things that I always talk about with clients is that in terms of their savings bonds and in terms of estate planning, Savings bonds do not get a step up in basis at death, and whoever inherits these bonds is going to pay tax. Somebody is going to pay tax. There's no way to get around paying tax on these bonds. And, Jackie, I guess you might know this. I think that people can give them to charities, and they can avoid taxes on them by gifting them, and you'll have to clarify that. But let's talk about how people, this segment, let's talk about how people can view their estate planning issues around savings bonds, if they want to give them to their kids, if they, if they want people to inherit them at their death, if they want to gift them. What are some of the um, issues around that? Okay. Well, first and foremost, how a bond is titled. At re- or registered, it's important to pull out those paper bonds and look at that. So if it has like John and or Mary Smith, that's considered co-ownership. If there's only the maximum allowed on a paper bond was two names. So let's just use John and Mary as a husband and wife scenario. So if it was John and Mary, then either one, what's called co-ownership, have the right. To that bond and do not have to consult the other individual on what they want to do with the bond. So if Mary wants to go and cash in that bond, when Mary cashes in that bond, they're going to ask for Mary's social. Mary's going to get the tax. She's going to get the 1099 for all the interest earnings. Okay. If it's, if it's John and Mary as a beneficiary, only Mary can only cash in that bond at the time of uh, John's death. So that's going to be very key on what people can do with their bonds. So that's, again, why it's important to pull out your savings bonds, dust them off, and let's take a look at them. The, most people say, I'm going to pass this on to my kids. The problem is, is that whoever is, you're going to get into an estate situation where if those children are not named on the bond, it's going to go into an estate of the person who died last. In the case of a John and Mary scenario, where John and Mary are co-owners and they want um, they want Susie to get that savings bond, their daughter. 
So, and then if you do have bonds that are with, with are outside one year of their final maturity, again, look at savingsbonds.com, go to the calculator, it'll tell you when that bond is going to reach its final maturity, how many months and years are left on that bond. Also, we have a bond management program, Karen, that it does it for you. It emails you and alerts you every month on what the bonds are worth and alerts you three months in advance when your bonds are going to stop earning interest. And we can talk about that in a little bit, too. So it just totally eliminates confusion and guesswork. But if you're saying, I want to pass my bonds on to Susie, and I'm just going to hand them to Susie, it goes, they, Susie can't just go cash in that bond while they are alive. So just so you know that, you just can't hand it over to somebody. They're not transferable like that. It's how they're registered. If you do want to change the name and you're outside within 12 months of that final maturity of when that bond is, you know, usually 30 years from the issue date, you want to go in, you can only get now an electronic version. You're not going to get that paper version anymore. So it gets a little cumbersome. You have to set up a Treasury Direct account. Then you have to have that. Then you would have to have Susie uh, listed. But as soon as you change ownership of a bond, except for co-ownership and moving people out of co-ownership and then adding someone else, again, it's going to become an electronic bond. You have to give them bank account information, and it creates a whole other issue. So you got to think twice before converting your bonds or changing the ownership of your bonds. That's that's what I try to tell people. To, to be careful of. If you want to leave them in the estate, they're going to be, it, it just depends on your situation. They're, they're subject to possible probate and, and estate taxes and things like that as well. What about gifting to a charity? You can gift a bond to a charity. Um, but it's, again, it's, um, there's different rules in different states and it, it gets a little complicated on that side. But, um, I I recommend though that the titling. Hold on, let me just check something here for me for a second, Karen. I don't, we don't really get involved in the taxation side of things with mm-hmm. charities and things like that. But you can you can donate your bonds to charity because I know you could do highly appreciated assets. So I'm guessing you'd have to um, gift them gift them direct. You have to gift them directly to the charity, and then they would cash them in, so that you don't have the tax taxation on it. But it's another thought with everybody looking so closely at taxes, but also being charitably minded. That might be that might be something to look into and talk with your tax advisor. Yeah, you have to really you really want to discuss you know all of these all of these things before you cash in a bond. I often say to people. If you have someone like yourself, Karen, you always want to consult a financial and tax professional. One of the biggest things that we, biggest problems that we see is, and, my, and I'm married to a wealth manager, is um, in, in working for, uh, you know, a, a large firm. A lot of the, the, the brokers or financial planners and tax advisors say, just go cash them in. And they don't realize that that is probably one of the worst things you can tell someone to just arbitrarily go in and cash the bonds because the, they don't know what they're worth before they tell them to cash them in. And then you could get that big tax problem, um, you know, get that big interest income hit uh, in a, any given year. And we never suggest you do that. We yes. suggest that you get the values first, walk in with the report. Many of financial planners actually use our services so that they, they do this for their clients such as yourself, where you could walk in and, and put them in, put the bonds in, and then say, okay, here's what we're dealing with. And we're earning, by the way, this bond could be earning 4 or 5 
let's not cash these bonds in if they're still earning interest because they're they're good interest-bearing bonds right now. Exactly. So you really you just don't arbitrarily go in and cash the bonds. That's actually one of the three biggest savings bond mistakes that we discuss because bonds are not created equal. They 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 much like other investments, uh, the government the treasury made them appealing. They tried to make them appealing and marketable. So they would offer different um, rates, rules, regulations, depending on the timing of when you bought them. They've been mm-hmm. around since 1935. Wow. So some bonds, like for example, the I-bond, if you're sitting on any series I-bond bought in 2000, like May of 2000, the fixed rate on that I-bond is 3.6% plus a variable rate. There's some bonds earning over 6% right now. Mm. So to arbitrarily go and cash in a bond that, you know, a new bond that could be earning 0.10% on an EE bond, for example, right now, and then a bond that's earning 6%, well, that would be silly to do that. You know, and that's where arbitrarily cashing in bonds is a very big mistake that people make with savings bonds. Jackie, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's actually, you brought up a great point. What are... Um, some of the biggest mistakes bond owners make. And if there's somebody that's out there and they would like to learn more about their bonds, of course you can give us a call and we'd be happy to put these bonds in and help you to understand them better. But you can go to savingsbonds.com and you can actually do that yourself, which is a really great idea because right now what we're doing is we're doing so much tax planning with our clients, looking at gifting, looking at savings bonds, looking at tax um, some of your investments that worked really well that you may want to cash in um, to take the capital gains and offset losses. So this is a perfect time to really be researching and looking at your investments. And we do consider savings bonds an investment. So we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense and Karen Ellen Becker. My guest today is Jackie Brainy, and she is a marketing director of SavingsBonds.com. It's a great service, and it will help you to make good decisions about around your savings bonds. And as Jackie mentioned, it's important to tell your financial advisor that you do have savings bonds to build them into your portfolio because one of the things that we always talk about is that um, your portfolio for each and every one of you is your own company. I always say that at the point that you retire, you have a company, just like I have a company, Ellen Becker Investment Group, and you have a portfolio that's your own company. And one of the biggest things and most important things is cash flow. And of course, you know, cash flow is one of the things that is the demise of many of many companies is that they don't understand their cash flow. And you want to understand your cash flow. And part of that cash flow is the taxation on those bonds. So a lot of people collectively forfeit millions of dollars a year by randomly cashing in bonds at the wrong time. It could be interest rate. It could be at times when the bond is going to pay and you've missed the payment, as Jackie said, over um, over that bond. So it's really important that you have an in-depth understanding and that your advisor does. So I do recommend um, that you have a discussion with your planning person, your tax person around these bonds and how you can best take advantage of the bonds. I mean, if we did save them for a rainy day and we've been saving them, it's important to understand um, your ownership and how to take advantage of it. So Jackie, when people are talking about their bonds, 
um, and the interest rates. So often people think, oh, you know, it's really not earning much, and they look at the bonds and see what the interest rate is, but the, the reality of it is that many times those bonds are actually worth quite a bit more, and the interest rate is very nice um, and might oh, be yeah. a bond someone wants to keep. Yeah, well, you know, back in 2005, if you bought an EE bond, um, the interest rate is is guaranteed for the they say 30 years. It's actually 20 years, and then within the last 10 years, they can adjust it. Um, and those rates, the EE bond rates, have not been that great. But if you own older bonds that are EE rates, what what I I, I need to go back to like the basics of of explaining this because it, it it helps a lot of people to get a little clarity. So every May and November, the government announces new interest rates, and they're tied to the financial markets. So, for example, November 30th, they just announced new rates that will be in effect for till April 30th, uh, 2019. So that, that I-bond rate right now is 2.83%. Not too bad, right, Ellen? It's, that's a pretty good bond right now. So of that I-bond, it has a fixed rate of 0.50%. That will stay with it for the rest of its life, and then adding in variable rates. And it's it's like it's like you need an Einstein calculator, and this is why we have our own the SavingsBonds.com calculator because it has the variable rates based on the CPIU, the Consumer Price Index, based on goods and things like that. You don't need to know all the nitty gritty on that. You just need to know that when you buy a bond, an EE bond right now, it has a fixed rate. The older bonds had variable rates. And it just depends on the, the month and year of issue. So when you look at the front of that bond, you're going to see a little circle on the right-hand side. That's the month and year of issue. And on the paper, it'll say E, double E, or I. Um, but don't assume when you hear these new rates that are announced in November that they're applying to your bond because your bond has its own special rates. Much like you just said, you're your own company. Your bonds have their own rules and rates depending on when you buy them. So by entering them, by the way, into savingsbonds.com, if you decide you're going to hold on to bonds and you want to create that inventory that stays permanently, you could get a subscription to our membership. And and, and what we do is every month we send you an email. And the email, it, you open it up and it says, here's what your bonds are worth now. Here's the growth you've had since last month. Here's the portfolio average that you're earning. And, oh, by the way, here's some alerts that say, oh, these bonds are going to mature in the next three months. You might want to start planning it. Oh, if you cash them in, here's your taxable event. So we kind of spell it out for you. We demystify the whole thing for you. So, And then if you go also into the program, you know, once you just log into your account, you can also do a cash-in report and say, I need $2,000. It's going to cash it. It's going to tell you which bonds to cash in first. And, oh, by the way, Ellen, one of the basics is you can also, if you have children that are in college, you didn't have to declare the bonds as um, a, a, an education bond, but you can use bonds for education and possibly not owe any federal income tax on those bonds if they're used for higher education, if you bought the bonds um, from December 1989 and after. So if you're sitting on any bonds and you have any kids, go to savingsbonds.com and look up education bonds. This is a whole other radio show, Ellen, that we could talk about that. But it's very interesting because you can write off bonds if they qualify. Um, you can, you may not owe any taxes on them. But also, we've not mentioned that savings bonds are also a good investment because there are no state or local taxes on them. When you cash in a bond, 
you may it's a, it, you can actually defer the interest until you cash them in or they reach final maturity, as we've discussed, or you can write the interest off annually. And that's a really great secret. But keep in mind, the government is not keeping track of your annual interest reporting. So each year that you do that, put a little file together and, and or, you know, put reported savings bond interest in 2018, 19, 20, 21. And then when you go to cash in that bond, they're going to give you a 1099 for all of the interest earned. Again, they're not keeping track of it, but you just show that you reported all that interest in all the prior years. And you may not know, you may not owe any federal income tax on those savings bonds. So that's a really important little insider tip that I'm giving you that most people don't take advantage of, but you can start doing what if scenarios, use a cash in report to say, if I'm going to cash in these bonds, how much interest is going to be reported when I go walk down to the bank with those savings bonds? And again, you won't owe any local or, um, or state, but they are subject to a state taxes as well. So I think one of the interesting things is, is that savings bonds are one of the most widely held securities in the world. There are four times more investors than the largest U.S. mutual fund company, which is yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing when you think about it. And I don't know what the statistic is anymore. You mentioned it earlier, but I know at one time there were more than 40,000 organizations, companies, and government agencies participating in payroll savings plans. So there's still a lot of those bonds out there. And unfortunately, the government doesn't send us a statement outlining you know, clients' holdings and savings bonds are kind of a do-it-yourself investment. There's, you have to really take ownership of tracking those um, for yourself. So it's, you know, it's really tough, and a lot of banks um, really aren't experts in the field. And so it, using something like the savings bond calculator, the savingsbond.com, um, is really helpful. I mean, it really does help you take ownership of the investments that that you have. Okay, Jackie, before we end the show, you had mentioned that you would tell me what my $25 war bond would be worth today since it's sitting in my drawer somewhere, and my grandpa (laughs) paid $12.50 for it, and my thought was that it would mature at $25, which is what his thought, but... It's been there. It's been invested since 1955. So, what is the face value of that $25 bond today? It's over 182 dollars. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, 12.50 was paid. So that difference of the 182 minus 12. So you're looking at somewhere of 170 dollars, roughly 170 dollars worth of interest on that bond that, would that need you would to be have taxed. to report. So that's just that one bond. Imagine if you were sitting there, Ellen, with a stack of bonds. And now you're faced with, what should I do? Should I not cash them in? Should I cash them in? Um, Which ones, you know, obviously the matured ones we cash in first. But um, doing the the what-if scenario of cashing in maybe some this year and some next year as you get ready for retirement um, is is maybe something you want to do. And, again, I can't give financial advice at savingsbonds.com. We kind of just give you the, the bond knowledge and the insider tips and give you all the information so that you can make some smart decisions by knowing the values, the the taxable situations that may occur with your savings bonds and, you know, passing them on to other people and, and uh, knowing, knowing potential tax liabilities is pretty helpful ahead of time before you make the cash. Once you cash them in there, you can no longer go back. So the important thing is to go to www.savingsbond.com, and there you will um, find a calculator. You can also do membership services. 
um, which they have a variety of different things, but it's really important to take a look at those bonds. Remember, 50 million Americans own over 636 million bonds. Um, $175 billion is invested in bonds. It just amazes me that it's one of the largest securities out there, bigger than um, anyone investing in mutual funds. And over $23 billion um, of the bonds are no longer earning interest. So you don't want to be one of those. So again, go to www.savingsbonds.com. And remember that if you um, really enjoy today's show, if you've got parents or you've got people that are invested or have these bonds, you can listen to the show. My guest today has been Jackie Brini, and she has just done a great job of explaining bonds to us. And as always, I hope that you that I have made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a really great weekend. Thank you. Bye.